0: Hello, we're live with Angular Air. Welcome. Today we're going to talk about writing Angular 2 libraries. Angular Air is brought to you today by Angular Class. If you need Angular training, definitely check them out. On the panel today we have Amy Knight. Hello. And Patrick J.S.
1: Hey,
2: guys.
0: And Olivier is going to be jumping in at some point. He just moved to a new house and has uh, bad Wi-Fi, I think. But he's in the process of trying to join us. And for our special guest today, we have two people from the community who have been working a lot with Angular 2 more recently and building libraries and are going to share some of their experiences. So we have uh, Dmitry Shekvotsov. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Dmitri? Oh no! <laughs> His audio cut out. No. Oh, I'm just Dima, Dima. Okay, there you go. Uh, so, uh, Dimitri, you want to give an introduction to yourself?
3: Um, hi, guys. Uh, short introduction or long one?
0: You like, give a short int- introduction.
3: Okay, short introduction. I'm programming from five years old for the last 25 years, and three last years I'm working in MinStech and really love Angular and whatever is related to it. Mm founder of Fellow Software and like mentor. Let it be enough for, no, for now.
0: Okay, great, thanks Dimitri. And also we have Nathan Walker. Nathan, want you to introduce yourself really quick?
4: Hey guys, uh, I'm Nathan Walker. Um, I've been in software for about 15 years, uh, but I, my background's actually really quite varied. Just briefly, I come from the world of design and arts, actually from magazine layouts, uh, video production on music videos and documentaries. I used to be a musician in Nashville where I'd play uh, at night and code during the day. Um, Ten years ago, I hosted the WebObjects Works uh, video podcast. It was actually just like this podcast, but it was before the days of Google Hangouts. Uh, Works is spelled W-O-R-X. But I would interview other developers. Um, If some of you don't know, WebObjects was an Apple technology that was behind iTunes Store. Um, So I come from Java, uh, and then that transitioned into front-end. But fast-forward, I hosted the first NativeScript meetup here in Portland at the end of the summer, uh, and equally excited about NativeScript's future with Angular 2. Uh, my history with Angular started in the 1.0 beta days, uh, converted a large Ruby on Rails app to use Angular. Uh, been very enthusiastic about it ever since. Uh, really excited about Angular 2, and have written a library, and uh, excited to talk uh, about the experience here.
0: Okay. Great, thanks guys. So yeah, we are here today to talk about writing libraries in Angular 2. It's something that is of particular interest to me and, and a lot of people on the panel because now that Angular 2 is about to hit beta, a lot of people are starting to write stuff in Angular uh, you know, 2, share open source projects. And if Olivier ever gets on, he uh, has uh, written a couple himself as well. And so um, you know, starting with you, Dimitri, you want to talk about some of the open source projects that you've been working on and some of your experiences.
3: Okay. Uh, So, as you can imagine, I'm an outsourcer and started like three years ago working on StormPass. It was my actually first uh, open source library in uh, Minstack. It was not JS library, and before that I was C++ and C++ developer. It's not really the word where open source is something you kind of get used to. But writing this library, getting feedback is really awesome. I know it's a lot of problems. You have to explain one hundred times time, same stuff, like each issue. But it get me. It's get me some somewhere inside, and I started to contribute to whatever I have a chance to fix or I use into. to. Then go some payment systems like Recurly, uh, even ESLint, whatever. And currently, this summer, um, right now I'm working on GetMinder. It's really cool, guys. Uh, It's open initiative, uh, non-profits stuff to fight with um, poetry. And everything that we are working currently will be open-sourced lately. Uh, Right now, in open-source, only one chart which can display like five-dimensional graphs, whatever, in two dimensions. And, uh, you know, when you're working with a lot of data, Angular 1, if you just essentially... There uh, in scope somewhere, your 10 megabytes JSON, it behaves not really fine. So, and actually, this summer I found out that with Angular 2, even in alpha, I can do the same stuff, but it works really, really well. So, I just happened that found that edge case where I cannot move forward with Angular 1 and I have to choose like use React or use Angular 2. So, and I start to write libraries, what I need to, you know, like to show proof of concepts, to show that it's working. And this is how I came to, you know, a lot of libraries I'm currently using already um, at my applications. And whatever is open source, it like Bootstrap, Charts, um, hand, uh, Handsome Tables, just Angular to table, and whatever we need to, we just implement it. We don't have time for wait for somebody. So, and I really like it. Because, you know, like, doing something good for open source, someday it will come back to you and produce some issues.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Sorry, I cut you off.
3: No, that's it.
0: So uh, most of those libraries were Angular 1, is that right? And just uh, your more recent one for Bootstrap was Angular 2.
3: Um, Forgive me?
0: Is it it just the more recent library you built for Bootstrap that's in Angular 2, or is there any other ones out of of the ones that you mentioned that have been built in Angular 2?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, All of them are in links, so uh, we had to display a lot of information, so uh, it was not enough just Angular 2 Bootstrap. So we have to, like, write additional libraries like Angular 2 charts, uh, Angular 2 table, and whatever we need to, everything you can find out. Uh, in our repository. Uh, for all of that, when I understood how much we'll have to do, because, you know, like uh, libraries, work, libraries for Angular 2 are not ready. It's just not, none of them. Like, three months ago, there was just silence. Uh, so we had to write everything and use to but we'll get to this to bundling stuff. And that time, we just used it as part of our application. So really bundle with TypeScript 1.4, it was almost impossible. So currently, uh, we outsource it, everything we, h- we had produced for some time working with Angular to alpha.
0: Okay, great. And uh, Nathan, why don't we get some details from you on uh, the projects that you've been working on?
4: Uh, right now, ng2 image lazy load is just a library that uh, allows you to lazy load images via infinite scrolling. Um, and I, my plan is to write uh, libraries that we can use um, in my current employed job. I'm employed with InfoWrap, which is um, uh, an app that lets you bring together different sources of information, and so we're, we're in the process of converting to Angular 2, and each piece of our app, um, we're trying to write different modules, different libraries that we can then use, um, and the image lazy loading is, is one of just kind of a starting point, so um, a lot of what Dimitri's doing uh, are definitely uh, modules that we plan to use as well, so I I just jumped uh, in uh, last night or this morning, told Dimitri that the ng2 Dragula, I'm going to head up and uh, help port, I think, the Angular 1 version of Dragula uh, to Angular 2, and hopefully can help him with a lot more of his ng2 libraries. It's very ambitious what you're doing, Dimitri.
3: Thanks.
1: Can I ask a question based on what you just said? Yeah. Did you say that you're converting over stuff already at work?
4: We're slowly starting to. Um, The biggest problem I'm running into is uh, we have a hybrid app, and we're trying to figure out with Angular 2 how we would do a clean separation with the same code base in a hybrid environment uh, and on the web. Recently, there's been some changes going into the latest alphas that deal with platform initializers, uh, and that looks like that's going to be the key to us utilizing that uh, or doing that cleanly, um, but we have plans to actually get out of hybrid and do full native script. So, um, yeah, that's the biggest holdup right now, just trying to sort through how we're going to do that, kind of the bootstrapping of the app and the general begin- the structure
1: That's some fast adoption.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Fast adoption, yes. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, Yeah, to me, it seems like it's in a place that we can start to form things together. Um, I I think we may still have to change quite a bit, like, coming into the new year, but I I think it's at a point where we can at least develop these components and modules that we can plug into the general system.
0: So I guess you're not experiencing some of the pain from in the early alpha days, it was, you know, the API would
4: break, like, every day or every week definitely, or something like that. Definitely experiencing the pains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, but there, are the TypeScript and I think dealing with uh, some of the type issues, like, even with RxJS and I think a change that, that Rob... Uh, Rob Wormald put, put in recently where, where they're trying to scale back Arch.js, uh in the latest alpha, you know, and so that broke a lot of stuff where HTTPs, like, some of the map and operators in ArchJS wouldn't work. Um, stuff like that's really painful um, to deal with, uh, but in trying to see exactly how they're planning on dealing with that. Um, but they have a, a bit of a vision. I mean, it's, it sounds like they know what they're going to do,
0: yeah, actually, I didn't see that they were starting to get that in, but I knew that they were going to... Uh, you're talking about where up to now they've been in packaging the entire RxJS with the Angular build, which is huge, and that... Actually, I forget the exact size, but it's, like, more than half of the 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 build is RxJS, and so they were going to, like, whittle it down to, like, just a smaller version. Um, so I guess that's what you're talking about, where I messed up some stuff.
4: Definitely, yeah. I think... Was it Alpha 49? Is that what we're on?
3: Yes, yeah, actually, year? 48, 49. They moved, uh, operators renamed a folder actually, and forgot to just rename it inside of one of internals for For I think, and it yes. was breaking every, everywhere.
4: <laughs> yeah, they renamed. Yeah, like the latest version, I think, changed some names. Um, so yeah, that's a big one. That's a big pain point. Stuff like that.
3: It's not a big, a big pain. Big pain was like in somewhere around version thirty-eight, maybe, when they changed half of the API to something, <laughs> and it was just fun to find, just fun to find out everything and change it back to make it just work again, please. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So as uh, you know, that's one of the things with writing libraries, right? Is that you you more than Application developers even are closer to the pain of when there are API changes. Uh, So, you know, that's obviously gotten better over time, um, but how have you dealt with that? Are you guys, like, uh, watching the commits and, like, seeing what happens on the main repo, or, like, how how do you keep in sync, or or just wait until something breaks?
3: Change logs. Change logs. They, yeah, they have awesome change logs. Sometimes with small like missprints, but in general, change log describes everything you need to migrate to next version, even more than enough. So if even even just to read not all the history of pull requests and issues, just read the change log of Angular, you can see the direction, the vector of changes in Angular two, and move that way too. Yeah,
5: and when it doesn't work, you just ask scrub and he will tell you what to do.
3: Yeah, and you have a Rob. Actually, Rob is the most helpful dude (laughs) currently who helps to write libraries because he helped all of us uh, to write and to bundle, actually, and to translate and whatever we have currently.
5: Yep. So um, uh, do you guys think that um, uh, you should bundle your libraries for... uh, people who want to just uh, load the script in the index.html do you think that you should uh, publish TypeScript files or ES5 files? Uh, What's your point on this?
3: It depends, but in general I would say that uh, Redux guys has really good opinion about it. So, okay, we can bundle it as ES5 but first of all, uh, I suppose we should wait until Angular 2 will have their bundle, not like a, you know, like a composition of hacks, but something you can just look at it and say, okay, if Angular 2 uses this bundle, I will use it too, and everybody who uses Angular 2 will, you know, like it will be compatible with everybody. But currently you cannot do that. Uh, more of that, uh, what sense to, you know, like expose something if is s ES5, if you have SystemJS anyway.
0: But well, I think that uh, currently, and Patrick correct me if I'm wrong here, that like they do have the three builds, right? They they do have all three ES5, ES6, and, and TypeScript, and and actually Dart, so four uh, exposed for core library. Am I right there?
2: Yeah, they compile to, to TypeScript ES5. Common JS format uh, and as well Dart. Yeah, just okay.
3: everything in the world. As far as I know, Dart just a separate project for Angular 2 in the same repository. So,
4: okay, I don't I'd like to comment on that briefly. You know, the whole TypeScript ES5 and the multiple different formats. As as I first got into it in writing, and I thought that was brought more confusion to the table. I'm more for a prescribed method, and you know, I really. I plan on dealing with only TypeScript, you know, and it, it seems like that's, you know, I know the team between Dart and TypeScript, but, you know, I think if TypeScript can compile to any format, I feel like it's simpler for a library to just be the one prescribed method, and then, you know, the user of it can obviously transpile to whatever they'd like. Yeah, but that's well, just it, my opinion. It's
0: funny. It's funny you bring that up because it's too bad Rob isn't on the show. Cause he's dealing with this a lot more, like uh, at the forefront of the lines. But uh, I think that what you just brought up Nathan is sort of a crux of an ongoing discussion within the team. There are people who think along the lines of what you just stated, but then um, other people think that it's more convenient to have, you know, other other formats, you know, whatever available. I, I, I don't think I'm sure yet, but like, I just know that you know whatever they're doing it has improved over um, especially the past couple of months, where especially with like uh, the upgrade of TypeScript, where you don't have to have the separate TSD file and all the types are like just part of the, the build now, that, that actually made things a lot nicer um, for sure. And uh, at least for TypeScript, I feel like it's uh, pretty nice to integrate with right now.
4: It kind of brings me to the next part of the complication, and that's this whole webpack versus system.js. And, you know, as a library developer, you almost want it would be nice to look at every single library and it use the same bundler, the same setup. It helps you understand it better, I think, when they're all used the same setup. And I know that's a big debate out there right now, um, I'm still dealing with the same thing. Do I want to stick with Webpack or do I want to use System.js? I've been a big fan of Angular 2 Seed uh, by Minko, and it uses Gulp to build everything, but it's System.js setup. And, uh, but I'm a huge fan of Angular 2 Webpack Starter from from you guys, Patrick and Jeff. You know, that's an excellent setup, too. It works really well. You know, you can scale stuff into it, the way the examples were in it before. I don't know what what are you guys thoughts or dimitri what do you what's your preference on a bundler
3: uh, okay at the end of the day, I had to use both of them because <laughs> when you when somebody asks you about issues like how to use it with system.js, you just jump in and then you have like mm, webpack is good for uh, big application I would say system js is really good to start small applications, so currently I have both ones. Uh, System js just for fun and Webpack for something which I need to bundle, and jz Blader, for example, but about if we speak about bundles and what we will produce at the end of the day, it should be the same what Angular Two it produces, so we should be compatible with any use case that Angular Two allows
4: as far as in your libraries, the way you want to show how people would import that module and use it and consume it in their project. That's something I'm grappling with, like, should we show... Right now, I show an example using System.js, but this kind of... Jorgen mentioned this. He, he kind of was wondering if we should come up with a style guide for these libraries, you know, and, and maybe that's part of some of the style and, and something that we would need to show examples of, is do we show how you consume it with System.js, uh, how you'd integrate it with Webpack? I mean, those are big questions, I think, any you consume a library, you're going to run into yeah.
5: Yeah, it maybe we, Sorry. Go ahead, Olivia. Yeah, maybe we should just um, make some general example on how to consume libraries because um, I have I've had people ask me uh, if I could bundle ng2 translate uh, because they couldn't use it uh, the way it was. Um, I I asked what what uh, seed did you use? And uh, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, it was just simple to use my library with this seed. You just had to do import and, and nothing else. And I said, that it, it's simple. You don't have to bundle and, and insert the script into your page or anything. Just import the, the files, and people uh, aren't used to the way Angular 2 works, and since there isn't, there aren't any, Wide use libraries right now. They don't know how to use them. They they know how to use Angular too because obviously you need <laughs> you need it to start your project. But uh, after that, they don't know how to use it. Maybe well, um, I, I don't know. I think that most uh, bundler uh, nowadays can consume modules. And if you want to bundle, you can just add it into your uh, build step. Uh, but people just don't know how to use them. So. Yeah. It's
0: interesting, actually, just on this point, Olivier, like, I, I'm wondering if you uh, would make sense and if some somebody should go out there and create the, sort of just a general framework for building modules in this new world. It's not even Angular 2 specific, right? Like, a lot of things you guys have just brought up, like, for, okay, you know, you want to make sure you uh, cover all of these, check all of these boxes so that the people that are consuming them, you know, all are coming at it from the same angle. Like right now I think because people are getting used to a lot of the new world of JavaScript that it's still not, the the standards, the best practices still haven't co- coalesced or whatever, and it, and it doesn't necessarily matter that using JSPM versus Webpack, It it's more um, just making sure that you account for these different things which, you know, especially when you're starting out, that's probably really tough. Like when you create your first library, Um, you probably don't know. So it sounds like, Dimitri, when you were doing it, you you just tried something out and then you just (laughs) went off what people were telling you was wrong. Is that right?
3: Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, But what you're saying, um, okay, we're kind of on the edge. We use Angular 2 React, whatever, but um, my daily basis, some activities to hire new JS developers who came from, you know, like, enterprise company on source, whatever, and it's front-end developers and they ask them about uh, what kind of dependency injection uh, patterns do you know and they're like looking at me what are you really saying about dude? It's kind of front end, what dependency injection are you saying about? So and the adding learning curve for the front end developers, same like for back end ones. Um, actually Angular one had a lot of that that but much more much more in simpler way, I would say. But Angular two um requires from you real good knowledge about some patterns you have to use, and it's really good, because amount of uh, bad applications you will see on Angular 2, I uh, hopefully will be lesser than anything else. So yes, learning curve actually will be bigger. Easy to start, but will be really hard to master. But it's it's a good note. Anyway. Uh, yeah.
4: Dimitri, you mentioned um, dependency injection. I Olivia unless you had anything else to add I was gonna transition that into uh, this other thought of do we provide uh, these providers these constants that uh, are constant or maybe the same from each library that people can import um, and use in dependency injection and Juergen's thought was to actually use the same name you know providers, directives, pipes as constants and I, I took a look at his Yeoman generator Uh, just this morning, and it actually does generate basically just that. So uh, it does export providers, directives, and pipes, all the same name, um, which is nice. I can totally understand uh, the reason behind that and how that would be useful. But I I personally, I'm for that, but with a prefix of the library name, much like Angular prefixes, all their constants, you know, which are the packet like the core directives um, you know HTTP providers that kind of thing I think if if libraries use the same method it keeps the dependency injection at least on the bootstrap or in in the providers for views a lot smaller versus if you'd have to enumerate out every single service that a library may provide so I'm I'm for the constants uh, but I think we should name them and prefix them with the library name, and them not be all exactly the same.
2: Yep, mm, so, kinda. So speaking of prefixes, back in Angular one days, um, the conventions for naming modules were basically up in the air, and uh, the convention that people land on was Angular dash the module name, Angular dash the module name, um, but The Angular team itself actually tried to push a convention where the people would essentially use their username, dash the module name, and effectively create a namespace, Uh, so that way we don't have any collisions. So uh, with Angular 2, do you think, like, should we, like, stick with that kind of convention, or should we just do exactly as we did with Angular 1, and do we call it Angular 2 dash, or do we call it ng2 dash, like, what's the convention that you guys think we should call it, like, and, yeah.
4: I know Dimitri and I have naturally fallen into NG2 dash. Uh, Dimitri, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, to be to be clear about uh, dependence injection on the stuff, um, with Angular 2, uh, if, you, if you just write a code with any kind of, you know, like TypeScript have compilation time issues, uh, will be shown. I, so uh if you will be importing even the same name, you can import it with import it with a different name inside of your um your component, so you will not have this name collisions if even your even if you're uh, you know like uh, collision by selector you can overwrite uh, override the selector for your injected component. And again, avoid the collision inside of your templates. So You're to you,
4: are you referring to aliasing when you import?
3: Whatever. So uh, first of all, you have alias import. If you have same names for you know, like parts of the library, like Angular, Bootstrap, alerts. Yes, it's too generic name, but you have alerts from somewhere else. When you will you'll be importing this as ES6 style, you can. Give it a different name. Uh, if we speak about Angular 2 collisions, usually it could be on the level of HTML selectors. Uh, you can override this component if you want to use it and give it a different selector. That's simple. And again, you will not have any collisions. If you need different HTML, you can just override it just in place and again you will not have any collisions with selectors, templates, whatever. So it's really easy currently to do that and avoid any kind of collisions you could trap into Angular 1 when you wasn't controlling what will be at this particular scope, at this particular directive, because you you have all the sparrants outside and everything was pretty global. It was really hard to manage.
4: Uh, Dimitri, collisions aside, what is your thoughts on naming conventions for these libraries?
3: Okay, I was trying to with this question. Uh, <laughs> 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 almost, almost did it. Okay, uh, as for me, I pretty like um, the things that it should be namespace like ng two uh, dash whatever, uh, and what is inside of it uh, doesn't really care because you don't, you can get whatever you want, you know, like, name convention currently doesn't make any sense. Okay, it can be a snake case for, you know, like, constants with a set of uh, components, uh, but everything else doesn't really care, because there are no reason to, you know, like, do some convention, maybe, I don't know.
4: Well, what Patrick was mentioning is that, you know, the Angular team had come up with a possibility where it would be prefixed with the, maybe, GitHub username, of the user um, for some of these libraries, it sounded like. So I know all of the libraries that you have available and the ones you're working on for Angular 2 are prefixed ng2- uh, as well as the one that, that I created. Um, and that just, honestly, I kind of got that from you. Um, and so it's, uh, is that a good convention to continue with for third-party libraries, should they all be ng2- um, Yeah, just that simple question, really.
3: Okay, okay. So uh, first of all, I will not name any library which will contain my name inside of it. (laughs) I will not do it. And the second part is how easy it will be to find your library in the stack of ng2. If if you have a convention like ng2 something, uh, any kind of developer will be starting to type in ng2 and what he wants. And he will definitely find that library. If each one will produce some special name uh, convention for a library name, it will be pretty hard to find later.
0: Yeah, it seems like to me that <clears throat> there's not as really a much of a problem from the consumer side of thing in, in Angular 2 of uh, name collisions like there was in Angular 1. In Angular 1, everything was on the global namespace, right? In Angular 2, like Dimitri was saying, like you can uh, call it whatever you want. You can hang it off you know some other name, and, and you know, name the uh, actual directive, something different as well. So it's almost more like a marketing thing. Uh, one thing that I wanted to add is that it is sort of a pet peeve of mine. Like I, I understand that we have to call it Angular 2 to distinguish it from Angular 1, but I just have this pet peeve of mine, just having a number in a name like that, because you know. So, and actually, this is maybe a good transition to the next topic of Semver, um, because at some point. In the future, we're going to move to Angular 3.0. It's not going to be like tomorrow or whatever. Um, Technically, if if Angular did follow Semver, we would be going to Angular 3 actually pretty quickly, uh, probably. But uh, Angular doesn't quite follow Semver. So I mean, I could definitely explain it, but uh, do do one of you guys on the panel want to uh, explain what Semver is? Maybe Patrick's raising his hand if he (laughs) wants to.
2: Yeah, so, so basically, when... Uh, they killed controllers. Everyone was complaining that they should rename Angular, the new version of Angular, as another name. So they did. They called it Angular 2. So they renamed it. It just called 2. <laughs> That's the reason why it's the name is stuck on, on there. And it sucks for semantic versioning, but it's what we have. And it's because they're listening to the community, but they have to retain the Angular brand and the new name, which is Angular 2.
5: Yes yeah, so, so we will so have we will angular have 2 angular version 3, 1, 1 and no. version version 2 so, so yeah i think um, yeah i think it might be a problem in the future if angular 3 is uh, compatible with angular 2 uh, because we are just writing es6 so um, or es something um, if your library is compatible with Angular 3 and its name Angular NG2 something, uh, then maybe it's a problem for, for the future, but I don't know.
0: Well, and let me quickly explain one thing. So, like, <clears throat> like Semver is a standard for how you number, how, how you version, that, it's, that according to strict, like, Semver guidelines, if you did do that, then you would increment a major version like from, you know, 2 to 3 to 3 to 4 or whatever, whenever there's any breaking change. Now, Angular de- definitely does not do that. They, they actually take it, you know, one level below it. You know, they'll do uh, the uh, the next, you know, one, 1.4 to 1.5, and they'll have breaking changes, you know, at that level. And then, you know, the next level is just for bug fixes or whatever. Um, so if they did do... True Semver, then you know, almost certainly there's going to be some breaking changes, you know, over the course of six months, whatever else, and then it'll be this weird situation where we're <clears throat> in, on Angular 2 version 3, or or do we call it Angular 3? I don't, and then everybody has to rename all of their libraries. You know what I mean?
4: I I completely understand uh, where you're coming from, Jeff. I mean, I think this is an important question. Maybe we start a poll on Twitter and see what uh, other people who are using Angular 2 would prefer. Uh, to have as prefixed, um, I, I agree NG2 is going to be weird even when it becomes NG3. Even if an NG2 library is compatible with an, with an Angular 3, it'd be weird to be using NG2 stuff across the board, uh, you know, if it was named such. So, well, I mean,
0: so that, That's why I guess maybe what, what I'm thinking is we, for, we're talking about how we're naming our libraries. Maybe we should try to promote in the community not doing ng2, even though that is that is sort of this natural inclination. Just leave Angular 2 as this marketing-based term for right now to distinguish from Angular 1. Um, but in our libraries, do something else. So uh, Dimitri, what, what should we do instead?
3: Uh, OK. So, uh, it, OK, Semver is for code changes, API changes, OK? Uh, but they have changed their approach, they have, um, their like feelings to the HTML and they change everything except the code, they just throw it away so even, even if major somewhere will go uh, like with breaking changes, SemWare is for code Angular 2 is for changes inside of attitude to what is happening to the patterns the architecture, uh, Angular 2 is like Angular in, uh, you know, like s- Angular square, because it's much bigger than first one and has have nothing to do with uh, somewhere. On my opinion, to be honest, it's just this change was just bigger that Sambar can can include inside of it.
4: <laughs> so, yeah. what is your final conclusion on what the prefix to Angular library should be, ng
3: Angular dash.
4: Oh, we are not we are not making Jeff very happy. <laughs>
0: Forgive that's me. It's fine. fine. <laughs> it, it, I. I I'm not going to change anything. That's that's just the way the ball is rolling. It, it's just one of these things that in a, in a year's time, it's going to be kind of funny
3: to see. <laughs> Let it be, whatever. Why not? Sure, sure, yeah. Whatever
4: happens, whatever happens.
5: We will probably rewrite uh, our libraries in, in five years, so it doesn't matter.
4: Hey, there is one conclusion I would like to get from you guys, and I think we can reach a conclusion on this, and that is... I'm just going to go back real quick just to the constants um, and if each library should export uh, a common name constants when they wrap up their providers uh, for a consumer to use. And so my, my opinion on this is that the constants uh, should all have the suffix underscore providers or underscore directives or underscore pipes, whatever those are going to be, but I think they should pre- be prefixed by um, the name of the library. Um, All together, no spaces, potentially. I feel like if if everyone who is writing libraries could agree on that, would definitely make it easier for everyone to consume, especially newbies.
0: Well, one thing, uh, so I agree with what you're saying. Uh, One thing that I think will make things easier with this as well, which is sort of the direction I think that the Angular core team is sort of going towards is the CLI. Like trying to, like, so you're thinking things in terms of when somebody imports your library that you manually have to set the providers and everything like that but if you more were pushing people to work through the CLI and then through the CLI you say, okay, I want to add this extra library, um, you know, that should be handled kind of underneath the scenes. But, um, but, yeah, but even in that case, you would need to expose something like that, so, sure.
4: And you're going to follow up with a demo of the CLI for us, right? Sure. <laughs> that, that, that sounds really nice. I mean, if that's what we'll be able to do with the CLI, then that would be fantastic.
0: I mean, and to be clear, like the, the CLI is just like a like low-level, um, like it, it's just like Gulp that you can add a bunch of stuff very easily to it, and so uh, that is, is, I don't know if somebody has built that already, but it is, something like that is pretty easy to build because you just have this kind of uh, command line runner that you can add different stuff to, so I, w- I guess I would be promoting that somebody does that
4: yeah, I like the thought of that. So you're saying with the CLI, you would add a library, tilt import, and it would modify your main file uh, or, or your root component, if you will, whatever is bootstrapping uh, those services, and it would automatically add the right providers to the, to the bootstrap. Is that kind of what you're thinking with, with what CLI should do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Guess, uh... that'd be CLI authors out there, hopefully they hear this. That would be amazing.
0: Patrick, does that sound like that's reasonable? does. Okay. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Olivia, I think you wanted to talk about testing.
5: Yeah. Um, so I started to. I wanted to add tests to NG two translate, and uh, I was kind of disappointed that Angular uh, has not made it easy for people to write tests for Angular two yet. Um, you have to set up Karma and use Jasmine. You cannot use something else than Jasmine right now. And you have to add a hack for Karma because uh, you have to load System.js to load your libraries. And Angular 2 uh, will monkey patch Jasmine so that it can work. Um, It's really complicated right now to write tests for Angular 2. Um, And yeah, I'm disappointed by the Angular team on this because Uh, I I had the impression that uh, they always promoted testing uh, and wanted people to write tests along with their code uh, in Angular 1. And I don't know if they're just late on this for Angular 2, but I hope that it will change uh, in the future, maybe with the beta. Uh, So right now you can write tests for Angular 2 libraries, but it's hacky and the st- setup is complicated. Once it's set up, it's kind of like writing tests for any other uh, code with Jasmine. But yeah,
4: I, I think Jorgen with his Yeoman generator is uh, planning to have some auto tests generated for the library setup. If that becomes, you know, kind of the way to to bootstrap or, or ready a library. Uh, setup, so maybe that can help. Maybe we can do some pull requests to Jorgen's repo there to help improve the testing setup out of the box for a library setup.
0: One thing I should mention really quick is that uh, so Nathan's mentioned Jorgen a couple times, and I, I don't think we ever explained. It. So originally Jorgen Vandemore uh, who's also another uh, person in the community, who's been creating uh, Angular two libraries. Um, he was supposed to come on the show, but he wasn't able to make it the last minute, and he has done a lot of stuff and, and was talking to us before uh, beforehand about it, so that's why he's kind of bringing some of that up. Uh, so sorry, Nathan, I didn't mean to uh, cut you off there.
4: No, thanks for mentioning that, Jeff. Yeah, Jurgen had prepared uh, quite a bit uh, before the show, and so he noted some opinions, and, and he does have a lot of things um, out there and is trying to head up uh, really kind of an effort to create a consistent approach to libraries uh, and, you know, building libraries for Angular 2. So he's written a Yeoman generator for an Angular 2 library setup, uh, and I looked at it this morning. So it's, uh, it's something I think maybe Dimitri, Olivier, maybe um, we can begin contributing to to make that be uh, the prescribed method for library building, possibly.
5: Yeah, actually, um, I wanted to write a module for Karma Uh, to make testing easier. Uh, But I don't know if we can merge this with uh, the human generator, maybe. Um, Well, lots of stuff to do (laughs) still for Angular 2, so we'll see if we have the time. (laughs) But more people in the community should join uh, once the beta is released, and hopefully we will have a lot of stuff like that available for us.
0: Going back to testing, uh, I don't know if we got Dimitri, your your thoughts on on what you do for uh, testing in Angular 2. Uh,
3: for testing, I have a page which includes all scenarios. It's much easier than involve hacky hacks to write hacky tests, which will be failed uh, because of some external reasons. But uh, eventually, uh, what is my real expectations for uh, beta 2? Because uh, it's not even a hope that it will be, maybe will be. But we knew this team, we knew Angular team pretty well, and we knew how they do stuff. So I'm sure it will be testable, it will be good bundled, and it will be easy, really easy to start using it, testing it. Because first Angular and second one, both was written by team who was targeting, testing, Environment, so I'm not just want, don't want to lose the time to bootstrap everything right now, and use you know like hacks. Maybe I will do that in my free time, but <laughs> in general uh, there are only you know like I suppose two three weeks to wait for, and it's New Year or something else, and you know like nice Christmas gift, Angular to beta, nice testing, easy to bootstrap, and voila, you can write your test in Jasmine and Mocha using chai, whatever. <laughs> it will happen for sure.
4: Dimitri, so you, you, oh, go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, I'm probably gonna ask the same question. The, the scenario page that you, is that on a, a GitHub repo now, Dimitri?
3: Uh, one of them. Okay.
0: But, but is it Karma, or is it, what are you using as the runner?
3: The test runner. Test runner. Uh, actually, bo- both uh, just Karma, Protractor, whatever.
0: Okay, gotcha. I, one thing I've noticed is that because in Angular 2, you know, you're writing basically, I mean, vanilla JavaScript with the annotations and everything like that. But a lot of your services, especially, are just plain JavaScript for the most part. Uh, so yep. I found that those are actually easier to test than that you would in Angular 1 where you have to go through, like, all of the um, gymnastics of <laughs> of dealing with the uh, Angular, loading up Angular and whatnot. I've,
4: I've struggled the most personally with component testing uh, myself. I, I could not get the component test to work when I was trying to set up tests for the lazy load library that I wrote. The service testing was straightforward, um, but, yeah, the component testing I, I've had some trouble with.
3: Okay, if you have a problems with testing and directives in and Angular one, uh, I, su- I suppose testing components will be much easier in Angular two. At the end of the day, when they you know like make it testable.
0: All right, we're getting uh, in the last fifteen minutes here of the show. There's uh, one last topic I want to cover, and then get to the picks. But I do want to mention that if you're watching live and you have any questions for any of our panelists or guests, that you should tweet to hashtag ngair. Hashtag ngair, and we'll read it uh, after this last topic. So, um, Dimitri, Nathan, uh, you you guys have spent some time with Angular 2. Why don't you give us kind of a a quick, you know, what do you like about it and what don't you like about it? What what do you want to improve? Dimitri, you want to start off with you?
3: Okay, so actually what I really like about Angular 2, first of all it's TypeScript because now you can write really big application and for uh, everything you use, like any module you will use with Angular 2, will have to be written in TypeScript. So it will be much easier to find issues with your dependencies at time of compilation of your application. Uh, second one, of course, is approach to injection, dependency injection and the concept separation, like providers, services, whatever, what should be stateless, what should be stateful. Uh, architecture in general looks really cool. Uh, other thing is kind of uh, move away data check-in, and now it asks you to use immutable JavaScript objects from the stretch. So it's really good. Uh, I would, I will not, will not say what I did not like right now, because it's not really actual. I suppose in one, two months, it's whatever I will say will be not, you know, like something you should mention. Yes, it's alpha. Um, documentation is kind of good, but it's not enough. Uh, testing is hard to jump in. Sample on the homepage of Angular 2 is not working, whatever. But in general, you just have to fight your first wall. To get into Angular 2, and then it becomes much more easier as an even Angular 1. So in general, I really love the concept they produce, and like fan is saying about Angular 2. Yes, I love this product, this framework. <laughs> 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 nice,
0: nice. Uh, one thing with what you mentioned, Dmitry, um, regarding the documentation, you know, it is still you know work in progress, but uh, I do think that by the time it goes out, it's going to be a, a you know a distinguishing part of Angular 2, Ward Bell, and uh, Pascal, and a bunch of other people are spending a lot of time on it, and it seem, it's definitely starting to shape up.
3: Yeah, documentation uh, already not, not bad, so you should read documentation not from Angular EU, but you should go to GitHub repo and just check it up there um, because there are always latest documentation and accept what is already... Um, publish it on angular EO there are documentation about flows and about their plans, what they are planning to implement only right now. and it has the samples uh, and hopefully will have a good and bad practice inside of angular EO documentation like root documentation. and not will happen just uh, you know like later by John Papa or whatever. So it should be like you know like root part of the framework like good and bad practice. I I suppose so. Okay,
0: cool. Uh, Nathan, what about you?
4: Just to expand on kind of what Dimitri said, I mean, I I think it's really easy to learn. It's easier than Angular 1 to learn. Uh, There's less semantics. Uh, Don't let the decorator scare you. The add component uh, directive, uh, that stuff is really helpful, really useful. Um, I think it's a lot more approachable. Um, The shortcuts are great, so the the bindings for a lot of the events, the keyup.enter, Stuff like that, class that is active, all that stuff is really nice shortcuts. Um, A lot of it, if you know DOM events, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be able to do bindings and events right in Angular 2 with no trouble. Um, Let's see, the negatives uh, right now is mainly just dealing with some of the TypeScript uh, aches. You know, sometimes getting your environment set up, Uh, it's gotten easier, but uh, there's still some hiccups. And trying to choose, you know, right now between the setup that you want to go with is kind of a big hurdle, I think, uh, right now that hopefully will smooth out. But, you know, do you want to use System.js or or Webpack when you get your, uh, you know, project set up and how you want to use Angular 2, I think is uh, right now a bit of a negative, uh, just trying to figure out what's the best way to go.
0: Okay, great. Thanks a lot, Nathan. Um, Before we get to our picks, I just wanted to mention again quickly our uh, sponsor Angular class. Uh, If you do have any uh, training needs, they are awesome. They'll do uh, training on site and customize it for your needs. So definitely check them out. Okay, let's get to our picks. And Amy is up
1: first. Okay, so my first one, and I'll put this in show notes, kind of a pro tip. I saw someone tweet. That sounds really good. If you're easily distracted, you're doing, like, MPM install, you've got a lot of stuff to uh, install, you can just append the say command, and it'll tell you when it's done so that you can get back to business. Uh, and then my pick, Jeff, uh, actually I sent this over to him. I was so excited. I think it was either Saturday night or Sunday. Um, but I've been trying to kind of brush up on my basics, So I found a repo that uh, goes over a bunch of different design patterns, and he uses uh, Angular 1 as an example. I guess he also has a branch uh, that he's working on for Angular 2, but it's uh, Misko, I can't say his last name. It's
0: (laughs) Minko, Minko Minko, Gechev.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, But anyways, I know for me, you know, just reading stuff can be kind of dry, so it's nice to have, like, an actual example of something that I can relate to. Uh, so he shows the actual source code for Angular. So I'll put a link for that in, and that's it for me. Cool.
5: Thanks, Amy. Olivia. Yeah, so I had nothing prepared, so I'm going to steal um, Jorgen's <laughs> tips and links. Um, his tip was um, try to find something cool uh, that is not made on Angular 2, and port it to Angular 2. Share your journey with others so they can learn your mistake as well, and from your learnings. Um, Yeah, really awesome tip. Uh, And also, you will learn Angular 2 uh, in the same time. So, win-win. It speaks where uh, (laughs) my article on how to publish an Angular 2 library, and um, a series of interactive exercises for learning uh, Microsoft Reactive Extensions, uh, ReactiveX, and that's um, the thing that's used by uh, the Angular team uh, for observables and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a, a series of exercises and uh, you should really take a look at this because it's becoming a really important part of Angular too.
0: just regarding that tip, I, that's something I really strongly believe in as well. It always uh, frustrates me a little bit when I hear people complaining that this framework doesn't have that or this framework doesn't have this other thing when a lot of times it's just as simple as just spending a little bit of time building it yourself. Uh, So I I definitely advocate for that and think that uh, people are more of that mindset these days than they they used to be. So um, I think we'll see more of that as Angular 2 lands.
5: Yep, Uh, just one last pick. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, this uh, awesome Angular 1 uh, repository, seed repository uh, made by Sweep, uh, which is uh, Angular 2 Gulp uh, for Yeoman, uh, is working on Angular 2 uh, version of this, probably with Webpack. And I'm going to give you the link if I can find it. am not sure if it's published yet, but it's working on this. So hope it's coming.
0: <laughs> OK. Thanks a lot, Olivier. Uh, Patrick.
2: Yeah, so my tip is to value the concepts learned when using tools rather than the tools itself. So just because you're using Angular or whatever, um, you end up learning a lot of like these concepts like dependency injection and modularity, and it's it's good to make sure that you take that with you, and uh, the best example is essentially like picking up Angular 2, you're able to bring those concepts over to Angular 2, and it's a lot easier for you to, to pick up uh, that because it's very familiar, at least conceptually. Uh, and my my pick is JavaScript Bear. Uh, if you don't know it, uh, Brendan Nike is going to be talking on JavaScript Bear, uh, hosted by uh, ours, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Kenzie Dots. Um, he's going to be you know interviewing him and and drilling him all the JavaScript questions. So.
0: Cool. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, one quick. Question from Twitter that came in before we get to our guest picks. Uh, jury uh, mentioned, or it seems like more of a comment that Moody just wants reactions on. I think the harder part for people out there is the switch to ES6 TypeScript module loaders, et cetera, rather than Angular 2. Uh, so have you guys found that to be the case, that it's not as much Angular 2, but it's all this other stuff that comes with Angular 2? First, he nodding heads.
2: Yes. So, like if, I, if I can answer, so I just finished a workshop with with ES6 and TypeScript, and basically I introduced them to Angular 2 initially, and they were like, "Oh, this is kind of crazy." And then I taught them like ES6 and TypeScript, and then afterwards I showed them Angular 2 again, and they're like, oh, "Okay, everything makes sense, and it's a lot simpler, because like the majority of Angular 2 is just ES6 and TypeScript. Like that's just the conceptual dependencies. Um, and then after you pick that up, then it's like then it's a breeze."
3: In my opinion,
4: at least, yeah. I'll I'll comment a little bit on this because I know been talking with Jerry a little bit, um, but he's a great example of someone who's trying to use you know some libraries. He tried to use Angular Two Moment uh, recently and had trouble integrating it in, you know. And I think he tried System JS and then he tried Webpack, and um, yeah. I think trying to figure out how to consume the library is definitely, like, one of the biggest pain points right now. So as library authors, we really should try to come to, uh, you know, some type of uh, clear distinction uh, or maybe even definitely show examples in both using different bundlers, so it's a lot easier for people to consume them.
5: Cool.
0: All right, Dimitri, you want to give us your, your picks? Oh, are you there, Dimitri? Yeah.
5: Sorry. I think it's time for Patrick.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So just so the, the moment problem was essentially, like, this convention that kind of sprung out of Angular 2, and that's, like, Angular 2 slash Angular 2, um, and it's kind of confusing people when picking up Angular 2 to see some of these conventions uh, happening when learning, like, ES six and not realizing what's going on under the hood um, but yeah, I think Dimitri's mic is kind of frozen here.
0: Well, Nathan, why, why don't you give us, uh, your picks while Dimitri comes back on.
4: Um, sure. Uh, the first one is just, a, a link to the image lazy load library, uh, that I wrote. Um, the next two, one is a, a collection of Angular 2 resources that I've been putting together over the past couple months with InfoWrap, which is an app that, that, uh, we work on. And uh, the, the last link there is one to collaborate on, so if, if anybody wanted to help make that a better resource. There's a lot of great resources out there already. You know, Angular class, you guys provide a great one. So um, just trying to collect better links to, to more stuff there. Um, as far as tips, the first one is really kind of self-explanatory, you know. I think uh, you really want to try to avoid the noise, uh, especially on open source software, you know. So really take the time to read and understand the problem. Uh, consider everyone involved, you uh, the, per- the person that posted the issue and really what they're trying to accomplish before you know commenting and adding noise into that issue or before opening an issue yourself and attempting to fix it. Um, and then try out any Angular 2 seed out there. There's quite a few of them now. Um, just play around, create components, services, try to experiment with RxJS, uh, try to get familiar with it and see what you can do. Um, as far as my picks... Uh, definitely uh, Jürgen's Yeoman Generator. It's the standalone Angular 2 library in seconds. Uh, definitely give it a shot if you want to create a library and see if you could help Dimitri on the list of uh, open source projects that he's trying to do, and, and the is there. Um, the next one is Rob Wormald's awesome Redux Angular 2 to-do app uh, on Plunker. It's amazing. Um, we're going to try to use Redux ourselves in, in our app, and it's a really great example of a setup with Angular 2 for that. Um, and real quickly, the last two, uh, there was a pusher example. We use pusher in InfoWrap. Um, this example shows a real-time Twitter stream. The code is really great to uh, learn how to subscribe to streams, and it's a good example to look at. And the last one is a kind of a fun example, using Echo Nest API for music. Um, in artist, and it's a, a nice integration with Angular, too.
0: Great, thanks, Nathan. Uh, Dimitri, you're on?
3: Okay, let's try Do you hear me? Yes. Awesome! Okay, so, uh, to be honest, uh, nowadays, if you remember, uh, like, 15 years ago, how it was to develop, almost now searching, almost now, you know, like, documentation, only handbooks inside on of your table, uh, it was, you know, like, known to the sense, whatever. Uh, currently, developers became more casual. You know, like, it's so much easier to, you know, like, jump in any framework and start to work. And they start more complaining than helping to somebody. So, nowadays, there are a culture, if you kind of cannot work with something, it's not your problem, it's pro- problem with framework. So, uh, my pick for, you know, like, several last months is stop complaining just fix it and open a pull request, really. So, and um, one of my uh, greatest opening for maybe this year even, um, I was mentioning that I'm working with a lot of, there's a big amount of uh, relational data and uh, really, uh, GraphDB Neo4G, it's inside of the links, it's really, you should try it. Uh, really cool stuff. Uh, it's a uh, graph database. I don't know. If you know what is a graph database, you should definitely try it. If you don't, install it because it has really cool browser and you will get inside of it and, believe me, you will start to use it for some use case or for your application. So, uh, I suppose this is main stuff. And one more thing. Sorry, guys. Uh, it was not inside of the pigs, but if you read uh, ng2 uh, packages or modules, uh, Check that your application builds well on the, service with, uh, on the server side with Universal Angular, because uh, whatever will happen in the nearest future, you will have to, you know, like guys will ask you to do that, to service and render it, to make their CEO happy. So if you start in producing the model, be ready for Universal Angular, Angular to use and to render your your model. Thanks.
5: You're here. All right. But web okay. workers as well.
0: Yes, web workers as well. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot everyone for joining us. Next week, our ultimate Star Wars episode as we get ready for Star Wars episode 7. So, make sure you join us uh, for that. All right. Peace out everyone. See ya.